Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. Today, a conversation about what millennials want in a financial advisor. You'll hear from Betterment General Manager John Mauney, as well as Christy Rodriguez, Nationwide Retirement Institute Senior Vice President. They joined us at CNBC's Financial Advisor Summit on December 8, 2021, to talk about the inheritance of wealth from baby boomers to millennials and the expectations and interests of this generation. I spoke with my colleague, CNBC's senior personal finance correspondent, Sharon Epperson. Here's their conversation. I want to get right to it, Christy, with a study that Nationwide did um, several months ago looking at exactly what millennial investors are interested in, the type of financial help that they need. And many say that they are preparing for their financial future, probably not as well as they'd like. But then again, they've been through a lot of financial turmoils from 2008 to the current pandemic, and that has influenced what they want to do with their money. What were some of the biggest revelations that you found in that study? Yeah, thank you, Sharon. Some of the biggest revelations that we found in the study, and you hit it right on. This is a group of individuals who grew up with the Great Recession. They grew up during 9-11 and now also with the pandemic. And they're saying, you know what, even if I do the best planning, 38% of them have really dropped in terms of their optimism. So even if I do the right things. But one compelling point that they made is 84% of the individuals that we surveyed that were millennials were saying, I want a plan. And I want a plan to outlive uh, my savings as well as mitigate against market risk. And so what we're seeing is an increasing interest of them wanting to plan and be ready for that next step, which totally debunks how some of us may view how millennials think. What was so important, I'll leave with this, as we think about financial advisors in the audience, is that in 2016, we also conducted this study. And less than 50% of millennials thought there was a need to work with a financial advisor. In 2020, we asked the same question, and now over 75% are saying they want to engage with a financial advisor who is going to help them mitigate their risk but also help them plan to live in retirement. So I think those are some very compelling stats that we can think about leveraging going forward to assist the millennial investor. Absolutely very compelling. What I'm interested in, though, is where they're actually going to find this financial advice. A study came out this week, actually, from the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, and I reported about this this morning on Squawk Box. They found that 67 percent, or I should say 62 percent, of millennials are getting their financial advice online or from social media. 67 percent are acting on that advice, and only 21 percent say that they primarily use a financial advisor. Now, what I find interesting is whether they're saying a human financial advisor or a robo-advisor. And I think some are looking to meld the two. Maybe they're going online or to social media to find a human financial advisor to talk to. John, you work at Betterment with advisors. I know a lot of people think of Betterment as just the robo-advisor directly to the investor, but you work directly with financial advisors using digital tools. How are they combining the two? And what do you make of this data that shows that a lot of millennials are going online into social media and then also kind of want some financial advisor help too? 
Yeah, I mean, we really founded Better Room for Advisors back in 2014 based on this premise itself in that our customers as well as advisors out there in the market were looking for a way to use our technology to, to work with their clients. Um, I, I think a, a couple of things that are important to remember when thinking about millennials uh, in general is that they're not a monolithic segment. Um, the age range varies quite a bit from 25 to 40 uh, nowadays. Uh, and the needs uh, range quite a bit in there as well. Uh, some of them have experience and inheritance, some of them have not. Um, I think that uh, Christie's note about uh, the changes from 2016 are, are very interesting uh, in the increase um, uh, of, of, what, of what millennials are looking for out of financial advisors because they have changed a lot in that time as well. They've entered their earning years and so forth. Um, so, you know, I think about tailoring services uh, to be able to meet the needs of those millennials as critical to the growth of any financial advisor's business. Uh, we talk to a lot of financial advisors on our platform today that have dedicated offerings for millennials, uh, which I think is very important to have differentiated offerings to be able to meet that segment and their needs now, rather than applying uh, the longstanding norms that have applied in the wealth management industry. Well, maybe this, your answer just there kind of answers this comment, but after I did this story on Squawk Box, a lot of interest on Twitter, a lot of comments about millennials and investing and financial advisors, what they're looking for. And Nick tweeted this. He said, financial advisors are dinosaurs. From Gen X on down, we do our own research. Any information we need is at our fingertips, so you need to find a new career. So, John, I want to start with you and then bring in Christy. There is this idea out there among some millennials that we don't need you. We don't want the golf course. We don't need the steak dinner. We don't want to sit across the table from you. We want to sit at the table with you and come to a conclusion together. How should advisors be working with millennials in light of some of these ideas about what financial advisors can really offer? Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't fully agree uh, with the premise that uh, you know millennials have. Uh, the joke is that millennials kill things. I don't think millennials have killed or are killing financial advisors. Um, there's definitely a lot of potential left out there. Um, uh, we've had uh, the the clients of our advisors on our platform. Uh, about 40% of them uh, have been millennials, and that has held steady through the years. Um, but over the past couple of years, we've increased from 15% to 25% um, uh, of our total assets that are actually being held by millennials right now. Um, I think one thing that, that is important to note is that millennials do have different needs, um, as this, this tweeter would have mentioned, uh, than the older generations, and they have different expectations about what services are provided by their financial advisor. Um, you know, like I said, we, we've seen a lot more of our financial advisors introduce coaching, uh, introduce um, different pricing uh, approaches uh, to allow uh, millennials to sort of have, I wouldn't say an a la carte offering, but sort of a more flexible offering in what they get from those financial advisors. Uh, so there are plenty of folks out there that don't don't need the whole percentage on assets management approach, and that's fine. Um, there's a lot of advisors that are now starting to introduce different service models to be able to meet those more tailored needs of the millennials uh, and meet them where they are uh, with what they need today. Meeting them where they are is critical, Christy. And as many millennials are focused on student loan debt, again, depending on their ages, but across the 25 to 40-year-old spectrum, I'd say this is probably true, many are focused on paying off the student loan debt, making sure they're building emergency savings, and yes, preparing for retirement, but that, that may not be a priority. As you head the Nationwide Retirement Institute, how are you encouraging financial advisors to make sure that their script reflects what millennials want to know now about their financial lives? Yeah, thanks for the question. I think there's really three things, and this is really gonna play nicely with what John just shared. The first thing we have to do is we have to lead with empathy and trust. What millennials were telling in our survey is understand me, 
see the world from my perspective. And that might mean, you know, you brought up, Sharon, which was a great point. They're leveraging a lot of social media tools. And that, while we know that cannot take the place of a financial advisor and that professional advice, we may have to think of ways that we engage from a technology standpoint to bring them in. They also said something that was so profound to me. It says, not only do you need to understand things from my perspective, include my family and I, and ask what my why is. Again, going back to this is not a homogeneous group generation, they want you truly to understand their why. The second thing that we say is, we all know this around millennials, millennials are perhaps the most educated and diverse population in terms of our generation that we ever have. And what they're also saying is, we want to ensure that you understand what is a priority to us in terms of what matters. And diversity has come up on a lot. And so we look at that in a way of, how do we think about having more multi-generational teams working with millennials and bringing them in? Also thinking about different ways to bring different ethnicities as well as social economics into our business to really captivate things that matter to millennials. And I know we've, you said this at the onset as well, is that one of the other important things that we talk about is secession. So we do know that boomers are now looking at that transfer of wealth to millennials, but what we also found in the survey is less than one-third of boomers have had conversations with their family members. So we're saying this is an opportune time as financial professionals to say, extend that to their client and say, bring in your millennial child. Let's have kind of a more comprehensive conversation and bring them into the fold so then you can create kind of that relationship with them as well as your existing client as a boomer. So those are really the three ways, thinking about just how important diversity and social issues are to them understanding that they really want us to meet them where they are, are, not build it and they will come, and then think about what is the opportunity to really have that conversation with your existing client bringing in their millennial child. You know, as they're thinking about what to invest in or where to put their money. I'm wondering, one of the things that struck me in the nationwide survey was looking at how many millennials are also interested in protecting their assets. And that's not necessarily something that you may think that at this age they will be more concerned with growth, and maybe they are more concerned, but there definitely is a contingent that is interested in protecting assets. Um, should that be surprising to financial advisors, and how do they work that into the conversation? I'm very interested in making sure it's a holistic approach for all generations, but particularly for millennials. You never know what's going to happen. And they've seen crises. They know this. So, Christy, that aspect of the survey I found interesting. Did that strike you as surprising that millennials as well were interested in protecting their investments? Absolutely. And, you know, we, again, we go to this fact that they're younger, they're not thinking about, you know, how do I outlive my assets or protect against market risk? And the two areas that we found that they thought were keenly important in terms of investments, and this is for the financial advisors in the audience, is they had an overwhelmingly desire to know more about annuities, uh, particularly RILAs and also smart beta ETFs. So these are places where millennials saying, hey, I've seen it. I've grown up in it. I've grown up probably to some level of a little bit of distrust. And so they really want to understand how can I protect my assets and how can I outlive? 
But I think one important thing is I think about financial um, advisors in the audience is as you have those conversations, I think the misnomer that some millennials may have is longevity risk. So they're not anticipating kind of that they may live a lot longer uh, than what we're planning for. And I think that's an opportune time for a financial advisor to really jump in and guide that millennial in that discussion as they already have the mindset of thinking about long-term planning as well as the products and solutions they want to have to go along with it. Yeah, John, you know, there definitely is an interest in um, risk or taking that risk for a greater reward. Uh, one of the things that was interesting in the NAPFA study was that about a quarter, a little bit more than a quarter of millennials are very interested in investing in cryptocurrencies for their retirement. The majority or, or a, a larger number, say 40 percent, are putting money away in a workplace retirement plan, about 24 percent in an IRA, but still 26 percent are investing in cryptocurrencies for retirement. Um, what are you seeing at Betterment in terms of where millennials are putting their money and what financial advisors need to know about different asset classes to make sure they can advise them correctly about how this is going to fit into their financial lives? Yeah, I think that financial advisors are, are, as a whole, still trying to fully wrap their head around how to properly incorporate uh, cryptocurrencies into the investments um, uh, of their clients. Um, you know, the, the, the cryptocurrency investment that uh, clients are doing today is almost entirely self-directed uh, and that it's happening sometimes outside the purview of the financial advisor who only learns about it after it happened. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we've, we've encouraged and that others out there are encouraging are to participate in conversations and to proactively bring up uh, what kind of other investments that, the, uh, that their clients may have be, uh, may be invested in uh, just to make sure that they're getting the full picture because that is part of the fiduciary duty, after all, um, uh, of an RIA. Um, I think on the other side of investments, uh, you know, we see a lot, a lot of interest in ESG. I believe that uh, a Harris poll um, put out by CNBC uh, stated that around three quarters of, of millennials are invested in some way in portfolios that incorporate ESG factors. Our ESG offerings have grown quite a bit uh, in the last year, 3x uh, in total assets over the last year. Um, so just being able to place the needs of those millennials uh, in, the, in the investment desires they have and the way they choose to engage with their advisor in terms of investment selection alongside uh, you know, best practices uh, and things that are a little bit more traditional uh, has been something that we've been focused on trying to uh, help our advisors be able to manage. Absolutely. CNBC is very focused on that as well, working with Just Capital, making sure that we have a benchmark, that we have a way to let viewers know and readers know where companies stand in terms of some of these factors that you're talking about. Um, when you're looking at where people want to invest, Christy, um, in terms of asset classes beyond annuities and some of the ETFs that you mentioned, are, are you finding that, um, that socially responsible investing is a key area as well, as John mentioned, that a lot of millennials are focused on? And how are you addressing that, particularly with uh, retirement savings? Absolutely. I mean, I could not agree with what John said more. And I think it actually goes back to the previous point uh, that I made as well around, you know, really these millennial investors are socially conscious. They're open. And not only do they want to see that in terms of their investment classes, they also want to see that within the firms that they partner with and the advisors that they uh, partner with as well. So we're seeing this as a much more comprehensive approach is that truly, when we think about it, I don't want, I love the analogy, I don't want to go to the golf dinner. And again, they want you to see them where they are. They want you to look at it from their perspective. And I think the more that we can make 
our own environment within our industry more inclusive, uh, regardless of what your race or ethnicity is, to say that this is what these investors want. They want to know that they're having an impact and making a difference, and that's where representation within our industry is also keenly as important as it is the products that we will be offering to them. Absolutely. And my last question for both of you is how honest does a financial advisor have to be about how they're investing themselves with a millennial client or with any client? If you want your advisor to be sitting at the table with you, shouldn't there be a dialogue as to this is what's working for me, but I'm not the same age as you and I don't have the same goals. If I did, I'd do this. Or I am the same age, have the same goals, and I'm doing this. How much is dishonesty and really frankness about how the advisor themselves is investing, how much does that play into the conversation, Christy? I think it plays tremendously well. I think what millennials are saying, they want authenticity and honesty. And it's not so much tell me, it's show me and guide me. So I love the aspect that we're really thinking about this from a financial standpoint of coaching. So they want to understand what struggles did you have, but also please be honest, be transparent, and be authentic with the guidance that you're providing me and also sharing the learnings that you've had along the way. And that will go back, Sharon, to John, building that trust and empathy that we discussed. John, I wonder if that also comes to the actual, the way that advisors are compensated. I wanted you to get to that quickly because that's changing as well. Millennials are asking for it and advisors are doing it. That's right. So, so millennials are a skeptical generation uh, and they're able to uh, get out and seek information for themselves and find out exactly the value of what they're paying for. Um, I think there's two important things to note with respect to how uh, advisors are compensated by millennials. Um, first and foremost, again, the traditional uh, model of a percentage point on assets uh, in a client that may have limited assets or high debt or is you know, currently buying a house or something like that, that doesn't work for the advisor. Uh, and sometimes uh, high cost to manage money doesn't work for the millennial. Uh, so you know, again, we've seen a lot of our advisors introduce alternative uh, um, service models uh, where they're offering coaching, um, they're offering retainer fees and things like that that can just establish that relationship with the millennial until they're ready to enter into a more traditional wealth management relationship. Um, uh, the, the software that we employ allows advisors to scale their business uh, very wide and in some cases manage even hundreds of clients uh, with different types of service models. Uh, so we've been providing an avenue for them and we've seen great adoption of these alternative models uh, to, to monetize that millennial client base and get ready for the future with them. As you monetize this client base, though, John, are you still able to offer that empathy, that authenticity as an advisor, as Christy was mentioning? I think if you're not, then you probably shouldn't be in the business, um, or, or at least the skeptical millennial generation will, will drop you as an advisor. Um, uh, we think they are. You know, again, it depends on what has been agreed to up front. Um, a lot of folks will have just a quarterly check-in, and that's plenty of time to be able to, uh, to supply that hands-on and that empathetic approach. That was John Monty of Betterment for Advisors and Christy Rodriguez of Nationwide Retirement Institute. They joined us at CNBC's Financial Advisor Summit on December 8, 2021. The keynote is produced by the CNBC Events team. Please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can visit CNBCEvents.com to learn about upcoming events and how you can join us. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening.